It all started in the spring of 1982 in downtown Kitchener with a $6,000 government grant. A young married couple who just graduated from St. Jerome's College at the University of Waterloo started with an idea about building a community of interest responding to unemployment and poverty through creative action. And what a social ecosystem, a community they have built. This community feeds hundreds daily at their community kitchen, operating a secondhand furniture and thrift shop, a barter system, providing housing and supportive housing for people who would otherwise be homeless, fixing bicycles and selling bikes at very low prices, a community garden, a cafe, dental services for the poor, preparing income taxes for the poor, and so much more. Over 100 people employed and over 500 volunteers. This husband and wife team was recognized with the Benemerenti Medal, a papal honor in 2014. They were made members of the Order of Canada in 2016, and they received honorary doctorates from their alma mater, the University of Waterloo, in October 2019. And I'm pleased to welcome Joe Mancini to this edition of The Old Grey Mares. Joe, welcome to, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Or should I say Dr. Joe? No, I don't think you should say that. <laughs> so, Joe, um, you know, it's funny. Today, as I was uh, getting ready for this podcast, I, I was on Google, and they always have uh, this thing, a Google Doodle or what have you, and you click on it, and it's some, some commemoration for the day. And what was interesting about today was they were celebrating uh, the birth of Bertha von Suttner, and I don't know if you know this person. She was an Austrian author from the late 1800s into the start of the 19th, uh, the 20th century. And she became the first Nobel Peace Prize winner in 1905. And uh, interestingly, she was uh, Albert Nobel's secretary for a period of time. But there was a quote attributed to her, and I thought of you with respect to this quote. And I'll just read it. It goes, after the verb to love, to help is the most beautiful verb in the world. And how appropriate for someone like yourself? Uh, It is really appropriate in that uh, the Working Centre is mostly about helping other people. And um, I think, what did we call ourselves? A self-help unemployment resource centre back in in 1982. But really what we found was um, relationships that developed because we were supporting people, whether unemployed or didn't have food, and there was just a sense of um, building friendship, of helping. And to me, after coming out of university, this this was way more important than anything else. And that's what I want to I want to talk to you about today is um, focusing on. And, and a lot of people know about the great work the Working Center does. And you know, there's not enough words to commend you and Stephanie for the fantastic work and and what you've created uh, in mm-hmm. the downtown. But I want to go back to the beginning. And look at what it was that, you know, here you are, just two kids, basically, coming out of university in 82 and having this idea, whatever that was originally. I don't know if it's, you know, obviously things grow and morph into something beyond what you could even have conceived, I'm sure. But what was it that what was that initial idea and what were the the key um, concepts to making that grow? 
Well, you know, it's funny. I guess we had, if we had some vision, we had a vision of the meaning of community and, and you know, how do you bring people together? And that's, that is so wishy-washy. You can't possibly think that anything could develop from that. But the initial, but from that initial impulse, um, we, we actually were operating a, a, a job search resource center um, in May 17th is when we signed the lease. And the idea was to sketch out an idea. Um, you know, when we, we were kind of going in April, but May 1st is when we started. And, but by the 17th, we already had sketched out an idea and we're ready to go and we opened early June. Um, and I think right away we started just helping people, like typing resumes, creating a message service. Um, um, we started serving some food in the, at noon. Um, these are really practical things and we were hearing people's stories and they were so meaningful that that we said, well, this is really important. We need to keep doing this. Let's stop for a sec, though. Like, it's it's 1982. Mm, yeah. I don't know when Rent the Rent was only $100. <laughs> <laughs> In downtown Kitchener, right? Yeah, $100. Yeah, I'm not sure when you the movie... You can do a lot for $100. I'm not sure when the movie Wall Street and Greed came out, but here we go. We've got two kids yeah. coming out of the University of Waterloo. And your program, what was your undergrad? You also did a master's, but what was I did was your a master's undergrad? in history. Um History. <laughs> Is that, it was history. So you weren't yeah, like yeah. in social work and or Stephanie something. Stephanie was English. She was English. Yeah. So we got an English major. A little bit of re- both of us had a lot of religion thrown in there. Okay. All right. Um, and, and hence, yes, I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm Catholic as well, so yeah. we, we share that. But um, so you've got two arts grads basically coming out, and most people would be out looking for work somewhere. Mm-hmm. But you basically. Did you think about looking for work, or you said, I'm going to just start oh. our own thing here? Well, we were registered for Teachers College. Um, we hadn't got in when we started. We were ready to, um, we thought we would go back to Tanzania to teach, work with that mission project we had been involved in. Okay. Um, but in fact, even before we got the notice at the end of June that we were accepted, Teachers College, you were like, there's no way we're going to Teachers College. This is too important, what we're doing. There's people here. There's a community. We're learning about unemployment and poverty in ways that, you know, I had read about it in my Master's of History Canadian lecture or workshop series, seminar series. You know, I knew about the issues, but this was so real. And people's lives and stories are so important that... And not only that, but people needed like a there needed to be a bridge. Like people were wandering right. without any connections to formal services. We went to the Canada Employment Center, and they're like, "Well, people just need to get a job." And you know, there's yes. all these things that were barriers. And someone had told us, "No, what people really need is a place that's not the government that helps people get jobs." How to figure it out? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, so it's that handholding, so to speak. Yeah. And so, not in a bad way, in a good way to yeah. help ste- help them step up, right? Yeah. So and just one, one sec. So you, you guys were in Tanzania for a, yeah, a period of time? Yeah, 78, just for two months, uh, three months or two and a half months, uh, building windmills for water. So Stephanie and I were relatively practically engaged. Right. Um, and we had raised, so part of our sustainability is that we had learned a lot about fundraising. We had gathered, from that project. Yes, we had gathered. We had helped. 
you know, fill a container. I remember we were taking a truck to go get these bar barrels that I used to work in a factory to make. And then we brought them to Toronto and then we filled them with goods. This was in 78, 79. Uh, so, we, and, and Stephanie was working with uh, Brother Anthony on the fundraising part of it. Right. You know, this was the new ideas around fundraising, you know, mass mailings and things. Yes. And Stephanie was like right on the, she was watching how that was all going and was participating in some of the So this work. project then, it required you to fundraise to support the trip yeah, over to Tanzania right. where you did the work yeah. that you did. And from that experience in Tanzania, it exposed yeah. you to what? Well, we learned, it's a big part of our story. When I say that we were trying to create community, what we had learned in Tanzania was these villages had an essential kind of community that we're not so used to in in Canada. Right, in, North you know, America. Stephanie and I are from Hamilton and what we saw in Kitchener. Um you know, you know, we went to high school, but you know, you you live in your say your church community in Hamilton, but it only goes so deep, and right. people are left on their own, and and we so what we were seeing at the working at this new idea of the working center was a place where you could coalesce people together to support each other and to actually um, help through real difficult situations and and. Is it something like that that you were seeing in Tanzania in terms of the communities there supporting each other? Oh, we, yes, we, that's what we saw. And I guess maybe what we'd say is we saw people doing that who had absolutely no money. Right. <laughs> you know, living in mud huts, essentially. Yes. But we saw community in that context. And so we wondered, you know, why people have, who have so much money have less community than people who have no money but have a, a deeper sense of community. So you finished school, you both applied to Teachers College, but in the meantime, you started up uh, yeah. this um, employment yeah. resource center. Yeah. And we, we were working out of a community already um, in the sense that there was this thing, an organization called Global Community Center. And, um, and they were, the people at Global Community Center were very interested in international development, just as we were. But there was a question that was asked, and it was, what do we know about the, the 2,000 workers just laid off at Bud? Uh, do we know anything about that? Right. Like, we care about Tanzania, but do we know what's going on in our own backyard? Yes. And so, in many ways, the Working Center's first question was to respond to that. Like, what do we know about poverty and unemployment in downtown Kitchener? But was this Bud... Uh, and I don't know the time frame of it. Was it prior to 82? Yeah, Around I think that it was time? Um, 79 and 81. Okay, so this the big significant layoffs. event in Kitchener occurs, and it starts mm -hmm. to draw in from your experiences in Tanzania and what you're yeah. seeing in community. Yeah. Were you continuing to work with the Global Community Center um, throughout that period of time before well, 82? <laughs> we were so different. Um, and there, so we learned very you say quickly. We, you mean you and Stephanie? Um, <laughs> yes, um, in the sense that the reality of poverty and unemployment and the individuals involved were different than the people who would walk into Global Community Center that were concerned about international development. Right, They would right. tend to be university students or um, other people that cared about the poor but maybe didn't want to sit around with them. 
kind of thing. Oh, okay. So okay, a little so, bit of a difference there. Yeah, so getting the and sense. that's not, it was only that the working center was becoming something yep. that, I get you. that it could So you're seeing keep the developing. global community centers looking at the poor from an international perspective and people coming to say, hey, I want to help out because you see that yeah. today. I mean, I know with my daughters and, and their friends, oh. uh, go like it's like we care yeah right that yeah. organization yeah yeah so we care is great but yeah, you're like we care in downtown kitchener yeah that's, right yeah and, and it took some time for people for the global people to kind of say what what are you doing there <laughs> like there was always support and we worked and it helped to have like a sister organization but the working center created its own became its own organization yes uh, by november 1982 so you didn't incorporate right away? You well, pretty close. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't think yeah, it you're right. It's like six, six months, months. Yeah, six months later. We had our and we had our charitable number soon after that. Did you? So when you, I'm just. Uh, it's interesting because, but for you going to uh, teachers' college, who knows yeah. what we'd have today? Right. It's very interesting. So you make this yeah. conscious decision, you and Stephanie, to say we're not going to go because you got accepted to teachers' college. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to teacher's college. We're going to stay and continue to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like within a few months of doing that work that what did you find in that yeah. few months, that initial few months? Well, I think we found a community of people who were not supported, who, who uh, maybe, you know, maybe would get shelter at the House of Friendship, but then, you know, had nothing else to do. Um, there were there weren't very many jobs. Jobs are really hard to come by. So high levels of frustration, um, high levels of uh, of sense of defeat when, say, you're an individual um, whose family's breaking down and you can't even get a job on top of that. Right. And you know, just those. That's those are the things. The this young kid who was stealing food for his family and you know he ended up getting arrested you know and then you go see him in jail it wasn't jail but i uh, maybe at the court i guess it would be at the courthouse sure and so these are like wow this is crazy what you know we can't just abandon this work we should find a way to create an infrastructure so that we can keep doing it right okay and that's where the working resource center working center yeah Okay. Yeah, and we, you know, we found um, Peter Lang. Okay, Remember, yes. He would be an MP. Yeah, Dr. Peter have, Lang. Yeah. yeah, we would have found um, uh, a couple grants. There used to be a group called the Employment Development Branch. There were, there were community development grants back then. And, um, and so that helped a little bit. And you started with an initial grant. Was it from the Global? No, it was from, um, it's a great, it's called Plura. First initials of Presbyterian, Lutheran, United, Roman Catholic, and Anglican. Oh, really? Okay. Plura. And, and were they local or? No, it's an internet. It's a Canadian, um, it's the church coalitions. And uh, they used to, this, I mean, this would be the most poorly funded. It was a poverty reduction kind of idea. Uh, most, to get a grant from Plura, you had to prove that you were a grassroots group um, open to working with the poor, like hands-on. And when you started, then we did have a framework in that. Yeah, I was going to say, what yeah. was your initial concept in the sense that uh, we're doing this on our own? Uh, we're looking for partnerships. What was the general view? Um, 
I think our general view wasn't that. Our general view was the pastoral circle, which is to learn the experience of people living with poverty, um, to do some social analysis, to bring ethics to that discussion, and then action. And really, the pastoral circle, which, um, I don't know, Patrice Reitzel taught us this. She was working at Global as a, um, a church worker, and she taught us, she had learned it from the Jesuits, and it made so much sense to us. Um, you know, it's experience, analysis, ethics, action. I mean, it's just, there's a Catholic yeah. thing about see, judge, act. I mean, it's just another way of doing see, judge, act. Right, right. Um, but it became meaningful for us, and projects grew from that, and interestingly, not bureaucracy. We, we were very rooted in work and not putting a lot of crap around it. And when the crap, you mean like a hierarchy of bureaucracy, like managers, et cetera, managers, et cetera, right? Irrelevant concepts. <laughs> so, what was the, so what was the first thing you branched out into then from your initial concept? Well, um, that actually, um, I said Peter Lang, and that was really important. But there's another, um, both two, two people, politicians, well, one's politician, one's businessman, um, Wayne Samuelson, Yes. Was le leader of labor yep. uh, at the Labor Council. And he was a municipal politician, he too, was. for a period. Yeah. And very open to, um, to the working center as a community group connected to labor. And, and really, in other cities, in Hamilton, our, the working center would have been crushed. By labor, by by, by, by the bigger unions. labor, yeah, because they would rather, you know, they'd rather have a union shop doing that work or right. something like that. Right, interesting. But Wayne was really open to us, and um, Wayne was chair of the labor side of the ILAP committee, Industrial Labor Adjustment Program, which was a liberal thing, um, trying to deal with the plant closings around auto industry, and um, uh, Jim Bingessner was the yes. other chair. Okay. Well-known um, well industrialist, yeah, uh, yeah and great guy. So, you know, if you talk to Jim or Wayne, they would both feel like they, they had a big hand in helping the working center get to step one. Yeah. And, and they both did because they were co-chairs of that committee, and they gave us this grant. And the grant was, um, we, it was basically, you know, back then, and, and it's missing today, and in some ways, you understand why it's not, why it's missing. But in other ways, it's why people don't get bridges, don't make the bridge that they should. But back then, you know, you could be unemployed for a year. And if you work 20 weeks, then you could get unemployment insurance right. for another year. Right. You know, that and there's a lot of reasons why you don't want to do that. But there's a lot of reasons why that creativity of being out of work and then getting some work and then being off work again you can turn that into something good, too. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we met lots of people who did. Um, anyways, our what we were doing was employing people for 20 weeks. <laughs> oh, so, okay, so you were helping so, out. So you were bridging that. I mean, it was important because yeah. what was going on in 82? I yeah. mean, there was very, there was 14, the it was almost 12% unemployment right. around here. And uh, mortgage rates, interest yeah. rates uh, were crazy. I mean, yeah. or, or and, on the verge of becoming crazy. Yeah, well, yeah, it was 20% interest rates. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, what we always 
and we were very good at math, unlike, say, the government. Um, well, you know, you could, the unemployment insurance would say, well, there's 12,000 people who are unemployed. Right. You know, using, their, say the labor force was 100,000, 12%. You know, so that would look like 12,000 people. But there were like 24,000 people on unemployment insurance. Yes. <laughs> and, and that... And that didn't include the, I don't know, 15,000 people that were on general GSA, whatever that was or called. Or social assistance. The social assistance. Yeah. Yes. And or those that just yeah. sort of gave up, right? And, yeah. And, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of people that weren't even counted. So we, so we knew that the numbers weren't very accurate. And the numbers were bad enough at 12% unemployed. So were, were, were Jim and Wayne instrumental in like your initial, the first time you got Yeah. Uh, they, well, they had to approve it. Okay. That funding came through that committee. The ILAP. Uh, ILAP. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And um, and we it was only it was eighteen months, but we ran um, that's and that became the beginning of St. John's Kitchen, because the first we called it as an unemployed worker center, established at St. John's Church, St. John's Anglican Church. Oh, okay. January nineteen eighty three, and you know that just we, it, that was in a whole new way. We learned about homelessness. Um, we didn't call it that then, but people who weren't in the labor market, who didn't have an income, who um, would come, you know, for the donuts and coffee right. every morning, and that was our busiest place. And um, eventually, that became St. John's Kitchen. So let's talk about starting that as an example of a success. Uh, hmm. So how how did that come about in terms of? Was your concept then these people would be working to participate in this kitchen oh, yeah. to make it sustainable? Well, it wasn't the kitchen at that point. It was uh, this this thing that we called unemployed worker centers. And there were three of them. There was one at Knox Presbyterian Waterloo and one in Chicopee and one at St. John's uh, Anglican Church. And um, we employed, I don't know, it was like 12 people at a time maybe three percenter and they were they were all about you know doing workshops on job searching and um, there was crafts and all, all kinds of things they wrote a news they had a newsletter that they the three centers so there is yeah. this kind of group we have a great report on all the things that happened and the working center <laughs> itself was located in was located down the street on queen on queen, on queen. yeah and it's, it was it was struggling um it wasn't part of those centers right it was its own entity called the working center how how, how was it sustaining itself um i i don't have a clue at this point no no we um <laughs> We actually, that's where Peter Lang did come through with a community development grant, right? Um, that um, kept it going, it gave it some life for about a year. Um, we did some work on job sharing, we, um, we were um, developing a, kind of an idea of employment counseling using volunteers, and um, so there's a kind of a momentum. Different kind of people. The thing about the working center is we always have cultures. So like the St. John's Anglican Church uh, uh, Unemployed Worker Center was a culture in itself. The Chicopee one was something of itself. On Queen Street, it was another culture. So and these are like the partnerships that you're developing? Is that, yeah. Would you call it a partnership with these cultures, like um, or these groups? Yeah, more than a partnership. They're integral to the 
culture of the working center okay. in that the working center is like decentralized projects where people kind of find their skills and abilities in projects that are meaningful to them. So you're helping to cultivate those interests. Yeah. It's like if someone came to you and said, I've got an interest in doing something, you would work with them to yeah. see oh, how we can Oh, you really want it. crafts. Well, they're doing all those crafts over at Chicopee. Why don't you check it? You know, or you just want to serve people. Uh, why don't we start doing food at St. John's Anglican Unemployed Worker Center kind yeah. of thing? Well, so yeah, we're building. So clearly you branched out from all of that into all yeah. these other areas that we've talked about. You know, yeah. for example, the, oh. the bicycle. Yeah, uh, that the took a while. Bicycle recycle. Sure, it took a while. But how did, just use that as an example of something. How did you develop that concept? Well, you know, the bike shop is a really good example. So, you know, 1992, there's some university students. We ended up being really good friends with them. They're connected to um, uh, WPIRG. And environmental studies. Right. And um, that group, you know, did a lot. Our bartering system grew out of it. But they, they, they had this idea they wanted to recycle bikes. And so they put out, they put this idea out and, you know, 200 bikes showed up. And then they had to figure out, you know, how to fix them. And the city of Waterloo gave them a space in one of their place, I think the button factory in the basement. But over three or four years, you know, students really, it's hard for them to keep anything going and they graduate. Right. And uh, the thing is sitting in an empty, um, an uh, unheated warehouse um, in downtown Kitchener, but it's not really operating. So we're renovating um, 43 Queen, second floor. We say, hey, why don't we recycle cycles? You know, you're not really making it with or, you know, it's WPIRG running it. Why don't you let the working center operate that? So let's move all the contents that you've developed with Recycle Cycles, and we'll call it Recycle Cycles. It'll be its own culture. We'll reestablish it, but we're going to run it year-round. First year, we probably only did like 200 bikes through right. there. We were open maybe 15 to 20 hours a week. Um, yeah, just about that. And, and Working Center invested a whole $5,000 a year, like out of our <laughs> donations to right. help that get going. Yes. And, um, well, you gave him space, too. And space, free space, yeah. Yeah, so that's key. And then, um, but, you know, when we moved, when Recycle Cycles moved uh, about 2011 from, that's from the space to the, to, main, to, to the main floor or main. Oh, main, on Queen. Yes. King, no, it's on King. It's off, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know how you say that. It's off the laneway, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. right yeah, off, off of King, King Street. Street. Yeah. So, like, there's no walk up. It's all on the main floor. Yes. And um, we were, you know, 3,000 people were fixing their bikes at the public bike stands and 600 bikes were being refurbished and sold. So it was a, it was a going concern on the second floor and that had, yeah. taken, that had taken 10 years to build into what it is. What it is today. Yeah. Um, no, what it, what it was that we moved it and right. now it's probably doubled from there. And it's sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we always did it. Because we don't, you know, it's not like there's no government money here. So we have to figure out, okay, you know, we're going to, if we're going to do this, how are we generating enough money to pay for one staff, two staff? It's not that complicated. And I'm always interested in the relationship between the working center and government or local government or regional government or provincial Mm -hmm. government. And I always see the working center as, as a group that through you and Stephanie 
look, we've got an idea. This is what we want to do. Come along with us and let's work together. But we can't be bogged down and we move ahead. And the most recent example for me was the Water Street project. Yeah. Because during the last municipal campaign, Water Street was going to be a, a, a consumption and treatment site. But then that didn't happen. But then the working center and you and Stephanie said, well, we're still going to go ahead with what we want to do with this property. So just tell me about a little bit about the background yeah. on that. Um, so the working center, look, we needed housing. And we needed housing for the group that's um, in the hardest situations, especially around drug use of drugs um, and mental health, the concurrent thing. Um, so we had had our eye on that building. The region did not have a place for a safe consumption site. And so we inserted ourselves in the middle of it and we said, okay, we're going to buy this building. We know it's a public process. We know that we, we can't believe you won't side with us, but I know that it's very likely you won't, <laughs> but, um, but we actually were more optimistic anyways. Um, but we knew we could create housing on that property. Right. We had talked about it. It had a big, it has a big backyard. Yes. And, um, and so, so we went ahead, purchased the property and said, it can be a safe consumption, but we're also going to be adding 10 or 15 units of housing on this property. And, um, and so the process went on, but during the process, we were going through the building process. Yes, okay, so the um, so Working Center's it. concept came first. The safe consumption site or consumption treatment site was, a, was an add-on add -on after. And, and, you know, we did see it as a way to use that incremental idea to add to the housing to make the whole thing sustainable. Right. And interesting, too. Yeah. Um, but, in, but, you know, the neighbors weren't so happy with the concept. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I, I actually, um, you know, the, we made good friends with all the neighbors and yes. I think we're on really good speaking terms with every one of those direct neighbors yep. and that's kind of our way. And we, because, you know, we work at St. John's kitchen, we know all our neighbors there too. Someone has a problem like, oh, we need to build a fence. We'll build a fence. Um, is something going on? Oh, we'll come and clean that up. Oh, is there a problem? Oh, is your, someone sleeping yep. there? We'll get a outreach worker there. Because, you know, just like the beginning of the working center where we're thinking about the people who walk into the working center, we care about our neighbors too. Right. And I think, again, to that's me, that's key. like so key to sustainability. It is. Absolutely. It we're is. not better than the other person because we're helping this homeless right. guy. Right. We're doing it together. It's part of community. Yeah. And, you know, groups that kind of think think that, you know, this is holier than thou doing this. Right. That's that's wrong. That only creates animosity. Yes. From yes. One group to the other. So you're pushed ahead and it's not like you're mm -hmm. opposed to working with government. It's, it's no, we would we would have welcomed their money. Yeah. But um, but they chose another route, but it wasn't going to change us. And, you know, when we said that at council, it's not going to change what we're doing. We're, right. this is happening. Yes. We need this housing. Yeah. And, you know, there's always a bonus when you don't have to work with public health. Because Who you're not them? bogged down yeah. by their <laughs> They have way bureaucracy. more protocols than we would ever yeah. have. 
So the working center minimizes minimizes the bureaucracy, pushes everything yeah. down to the grassroots level. Yeah. And, and that's the key. And public health by nature is the opposite. Right. So I don't know that we would ever be great partners anyways. And I, I'm sure that they were kind of worried about that anyways. Right. But they didn't have any other choice. When they had no other choice, we were a great partner. Well, it's, it's sort of the issue on the affordable housing. I mean, you, yeah. you have a number of homes that you manage now to assist, the supportive mm-hmm. housing to assist uh, the yeah. homeless. We have over 60 units of housing. Not all of them for that group, but... Right, uh, of various... But, but these are houses like, where they're like six to nine rooms per per yeah. home. It's a manageable situation. Yeah, yeah we need... Um, we probably need... We're building Water Street right now. Um, there'll be there's it. It will have formerly eight bedrooms, because of the parking issue. Um, but you know, I'm sure there will be overflow in that in that space. Right. Um, um, but we could use five more such houses. Right. Right so away. Right away. So oh. if well, you had you know, the I was just at St. Yeah. John's Kitchen. I mean, yeah. people are sleeping in St. John's Kitchen. Like right now, this is in the morning because they have no place to go. So the working center itself, I mean, you have all these operations on the go. Is there an administrative function office somewhere? Like there is. (laughs) There There is no. We have a decent, um, but we hold it. We hold not the administration, but the theory and approach, and the uh, coordination through a group called the Common Table. There's about eight to nine people. They're, you know, Be like your board of directors? No, it's not a board. No, this okay. is um, operations. Okay. There's a board of directors, yes. of course. And then there's an operations group. Okay. Um, that, you know, they're not, they're all operating things themselves, but it's the coordination between housing and St. John's Kitchen and the Unemployed Help Center and um, the community tools projects. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, the coordination keep to create a community that's really important yes but there's also the function like all the whole bookkeeping you're right just the day-to-day yes it's gigantic so you know we you and i had a discussion earlier about um one one uh, company uh like not everything's a success uh that you've you've done and you've learned from these and we won't yeah. uh, we don't have time today to get into it maybe some other time we'll come back and talk about that but what i wanted to do is just ask you you know, for anyone listening out there who is involved with uh, a grassroots organization in the community or they're thinking about starting up or they've been maybe operating for a while and they're just not seeing traction. Is there something that you could say to them that you would say, these are some of the keys to success or these are some of the things that you should be considering? I think, you know, we have a really great book called um, Transition to Common Work. And uh, it would have to really wade through all the pages, but a lot of the lessons are in the book. Um, um, The thing that Stephanie and I learned, say, in our 20th year, and this we're near 37 now, I guess, um, was, wow, this is amazing. If you stay at something, you know, for 20 years, all of a sudden you have more knowledge than just about everyone else. And... And then the ability to translate that knowledge into good community programming is really crucial. So we need people to stick to ideas or stick to the community and then build up from there. So like the long-termness, that helps a lot. So a lot of groups starting, you know, if you're only there for 10 years, you don't got enough time. 
You need 20. And that's the opposite of the way our, our society thinks. The second thing is relationships. Um, you know, I talked about Global Community Center. Um, you know, Margaret and Bob Nally, Margaret, who was our kind of mentor, uh, and even I talked about Patrice. You yes. know, she's she recently was working as an employment counselor. She's retired now, but right. um, Margaret and Bob Nelly. You know, Bob is now on our board. Margaret works as kind of the chaplain. Uh, she's a she is the chaplain at St. John's Kitchen, and does beautiful work within the working center. So there's so so many long term relationships in in the culture of the working center right this holds things together and organizations need that desperately so good collaboration and yeah. and then yeah. like before you got to your 20 years you needed to obtain the yeah. advice of people who'd been around for a while so it's like keeping yeah. your ears open and listening oh yeah there's no question about that like we we were only dependent on other people um, offering their goodwill to help sustain us. Yes. So we had no we had no uh, monopoly on going forward. Right. We had to do a lot of listening. And just as your core was uh, sustained by people helping you out through your branching out and your experience, mm. you're helping others within the framework of Working Center by yeah. developing these other concepts, like the dental practice, for example. Yeah. Always. Yes. Yeah. It's always. Um, we're always building um, based on what we see. I mean, right now we're running a shelter, twenty-four hours. Um, not well, but we're mo go we're we're on twenty-four hours because from seven o'clock at night until eight or nine in the morning, we're running a shelter. It was at St. Mary's, but now it's at right another location. Yeah, um, you know, 40, 50 people are sleeping there a night. Because there is because there is no other place for people to go. Right, but just all the um, uh, the branches of the working center, I'll call it. You have mm -hmm. sort of the six areas that yeah. you call it. But if people have a concept and want to come to you, you're open to yeah, seeing we, if you can make it work. Yeah, and well, really, that shelter is a lot to do with two young people, who um, who they're both social workers, and they just can't bear to see so many people without a place and what what the thing is is that they're they're part of the sos team which is um, supportive outreach services which is um, some psychiatric outreach nurses and the social worker and they're you know these are people they're working with people who have concurrent disorders like high mental health high addiction and they don't have a place to live right and they're like and even providing something as measly as a floor of an old restaurant, right, right. Um, it's better than it's at least a form of relationship. Right, but of for those, those those two recognizing a need, working with you and yeah. your experience, you're That's able to right. say, "This is how we can make it happen." This is how we can do it, and they're they're putting the energy like. They're sure, the ones they're they should be getting. They're, you're, they're up all night. But you're They've been up the all night for like the last five weeks. Right, but you're providing the guidance in yeah. terms of the, the basics. And you're right, That's you right. need good people. Yeah. Because without them, you wouldn't be sustaining That's this right. yourself, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a collaboration. Yeah. But the life of the working center is really great when yes. that happens. Yes, and it reminds me, uh, I was reading on your website uh, when I was looking at various fundraising uh, concepts. And, and, mm -hmm. and anyone listening, 
consider making a donation to the Working Center or one of their organizations, but there is that, um, uh, the young lady that organized the trek Tessa. across the region. And I know my friend Alex Kinsella recently wrote about uh, about the, the great work they're doing. Oh, yeah. But that's a, a great way where someone has come up with a concept, is able to work with you and, and develop a way that people can learn yeah. about what's happening and at the same time uh, raise funding to assist. Yeah. And, we, and Tessa is completely independent, but we work really closely together. Yeah. And that's that's... Like that's a that's a good model of community and yes. figuring out how we do that where yeah. you're building the trust yes. and the relationship and um, yeah I'll just the, I'll just end because yeah. our time's pretty all wrapped I do have, up and we could go on Was I do it, have, I would love to the thing there's something else about working center we yes. we we commit to taking less and the, um, so it's structured into the organization and it's structured from the top down. And um, in fact, people, you know, the cafe workers make as much as the managers. <laughs> and that's, that's, a, that's a really a good thing because it does reduce bureaucracy. Right. And it makes us vital in our work. Yes, I think it's a great. So it is. It's just one of those keys of sustainability. Yes, from yes. my perspective. Yeah, and it's it's a great story. It reminds me of um, when uh, I was out in North Dumfries and we were talking about a new community center, and so we had started a community group and then met with Bill Davidson from Langs, and uh, one of the things that he taught me was the concept of collaboration and partnership. Each group builds a wall and from these four walls a community center is built and so that's each providing right. something to the whole project makes mm. the project happen because mm -hmm. you can't do it with one wall mm -hmm. right joe listen i want to i want to thank you for uh coming in today and i want to again commend you and stephanie for the wonderful work uh, that you're doing in our community and i look forward to reading more about how it de develops and evolves over time thanks for yeah. coming in today. well thank you very much